Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds uh, here with Next Step Leadership. Uh, Tracy, what an interesting conversation uh, we were having last week with Eric, and I just, I just want him to dive back in and continue, the, continue telling us his story. Absolutely. Uh, Eric Goss is uh, CEO and co-founder of Minnow. Uh, it's a kid's media and tech company, but he's done so many things. Uh, I love the tension between works and faith and grace and truth and how God wants relationship with each of us. And uh, Eric was just uh, giving us a, a guided tour of, of some of the stops in his life and what God is, has been doing. Uh, so we left you in Nashville. God was doing some crazy things through a, a bankruptcy almost. It's just, you know, tough times, but I know he didn't leave you there. So Eric, welcome back, and we look forward to hearing some more of your story. Yeah, well, as as, as I, I shared, there was this real pivot point for me, I think, verse, you know, where I really felt like I needed to serve God most of my adult life. And God wanted me to be a friend, but he also wanted to be a friend to me. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and I think one of the things that I've grown up recognizing is, even though I, I knew emotions were important, there's sort of a sense that my faith was very rational, and, and, and I think one of the things that um, Rich Case, this gentleman who helped me out, recognized was, you know, there's, there's your truth and there's God's truth, mm. and both are equally important to the Lord. Um, and, and even though your truth may not match up with where God's truth is, the whole process of being in fellowship with him and talking to him is him taking your experience over to his um, and, and so God wants to know you're depressed and you're frustrated mm-hmm. and you're angry and you don't believe that these promises in the Bible are true. Um, but, but he wants you to talk to him about it mm-hmm. um, and to work through it. And he wants you to talk to him and ask him, why aren't these true in my life? Um, and, and how could they be true? And, and I think the other thing that was really important for me is I wouldn't say that I actually listened for God. Um, and, and I think, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that was really challenging for me growing up is there are all these, con- like, there's all these verses in the New Testament that talk about how the Holy Spirit, like, we're better off with the Holy Spirit than we are when Jesus was here. I, I think if you push most Christians, they don't believe that. Um, and, and, and there's a sense that, um, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And, and one of Rich's questions to me, <laughs> which caught me off guard is, Eric, where's the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, he's in me. And his next question is, well, what's he up to? <laughs> mm, I love that. That's good. That's a great question. question. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was like, no one's ever asked me that before. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so there was a sense of recognizing God wanting to use his word in my life in a very transformational way mm-hmm. to both change my heart and understand God's ways, but then also to recognize, in many ways, what we see in the Exodus narrative is God's people consistently doubting God's character. Mm. 
And so, as I would say, like it's interesting for me as I've 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 kind of been walking with the Lord since that period in 2017, 2018, that. Um, I used to believe that violating God's word was was the, the the thing that was the worst. But now what I recognize is it's doubting God's character, which his word mm. is a reflection of that. And and there's a there's a there's a word that's repeated like 200 times in the Old Testament. It's it's a Hebrew word hased, mm-hmm. which it's it's often um, translated as steadfast love or goodness or righteousness. And we don't really have a good English translation, but it, it's basically this idea that of, of um, committed covenantal love, which is God has said does not stop. It is, it is it's his nature, it's his character, and, and whenever the Israelites go south, they are doubting God's has said his steadfast love. And, and, and so what I've recognized is when I come up against evil, and again, we have a tendency to think very Greco-Roman terms of evil as being there's good and there's bad, well, in the Old Testament, evil, the Hebrew word for evil is like hardship, challenge, frustration. It's all the things that we complain about <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> and, and, and God says, I will meet you in that. Now, he doesn't say that he's going to make our lives free of evil. Mm-hmm. He says, I will meet you in that. And, and, so, and, and so the question is, am I willing to trust God through this evil and meet him and look to him and ask him to help me in it? And, and so what's happened is there's been almost like a, a new way of living. And there's a, there's a um, some people may be familiar with Ignatian spirituality or the Jesuits, Ignatius of Loyola. He, he, he used to talk about, um, you know, the spirituality he was talking about as a way of proceeding. And, and I think so much of what we need to think about Christianity is not a way of knowing, but a way of proceeding through life. And so for me, it's been a recognition that, God actually cares about the details of my life, but he only cares about the details. I only know he cares about the details when I bring the details to him. And so, so when, we're, when I'm making decisions about the company, when I'm making hiring decisions, when I'm doing things and I'm operating out of my competency, and, and this is the challenge. I, uh, some people may be familiar with Howard Hendricks, um, an old DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary. He said, the greatest obstacle to his faith was his competency. And, wow. and, and, and I think for each one of us, what happens is we become very competent by God's grace, and we decide we don't need God anymore, mm-hmm. um, so, even mm-hmm. though we're doing God's work. And, and, and so, um, and, and what I recognize is God doesn't, God doesn't care about, quote-unquote, his work being done if it's not done in his spirit mm-hmm. and in union with him, because that is God's work. And so we have a tendency to, and, and part of this also, like one of the things I haven't, didn't share in the last time is I was in Seattle during the whole Mars Hill thing. I was at a church plant. Our pastor was a rock star church planner in the Presbyterian Church in America. And essentially similar things that happened at Mars Hill happened at our church. And I ended up being kind of in the center of all that as an elder. And, and what I recognized is there's kind of this splitting that takes place where we're exploiting the Lord's name or taking advantage of everything that people put on God's name, and, and we leverage that in our own strength versus really letting God take care of his own name. Um, and, and, That's and, powerful. And, That's a powerful statement, and it's one that we need to hear. I do. I mean, we need to hear that, especially in our culture right now. 
And, 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 and I think many of us, it's interesting to me, I, I, as I see this, like I've, our company's really gone through a test of faith over kind of the last 18 months. And, and I've had a, a couple of people who I really respect who are older believers who really feel like the Lord is putting a lot of the church through a test of faith because we're about to encounter a period of evil. There's almost sort of a pulling back of common grace. And, and, and there's a sense that we all want an easy life. Like, it's interesting, my wife and I talk about it, it's like a life not by faith where you can work out a competency and plenty is not, mm. it, it's, a, it's a life that feels comfortable, but it's, a not, it's not a life where you have stories of God's deliverance. That's true. <laughs> mm. and, 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 the, and the question for me is like, I have all these issues, Lord, I just want them resolved. And, and what I feel like the Lord is saying is they are resolved in me. Um, and, and will you walk with me? Will you trust me? And, and not worry about three months from now or worry about retirement or worry about getting your kids through college. Will you trust me for today and what I'm asking you to do today? And, and I'm always like, I can do that, Lord. I'll sign up for that. Um, <laughs> but I am worried about those things in the future. And God's like, I know you're worried about those things in the future, but, but, but I will meet you in those. And, and, you know, for example, when I came out of bankruptcy, I probably had about $400,000 of debt that's personal guaranteed, had another 600000 that we owed as a company, million dollars. Within, basically within a year, it was all gone. Wow. And, 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 and the Lord brought people and brought conversations to bear that just took it all away. I did not think that that was possible. Like, I, I just didn't think it was possible. And I went from thinking I was going to lose my house and lose the respect of my girls because I'm not going to be able to help them get through college to having a chance to rebuild the company with different people and in a, in a new environment. And, and what I recognize is it had been so easy to say, God, your promises just aren't true for me right now. I know they'll be on the other side of heaven. I'm just going to give up. And, and yet I felt like the Lord saying, trust me in faith, take this step by step by step, ask, seek, knock, um, and, and let's take this step by step. And, and for me, what I've recognized is the Lord has continued to ask me to, I, there's always a sense of surrender. And like the biggest issue for me was surrender is, am I willing to surrender these things that I care so much about that are core to who I am, that I get to hide from everybody um, and no one gets to see them? Like, I don't want to be insignificant and obscure. Right. I just don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. and, 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 and yet the Lord says, Will you, would you do that if you have a relationship with me and, and that we're walking together and you're doing my will? Are you willing to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, whew, that I, I didn't recognize that was something that I hadn't put on the altar. And so there's a sense that God is asking us to put it all on the altar. And, and, and for me, I have more God stories and how God has worked in my life in the last five years than I did in the, first, the 20 before it. And, wow. and, and, and it's because there's a sense that I'm willing to enter into this, hey, God, my truth, <laughs> my truth <laughs> is not matching up <laughs> with, yeah. with, with your promises. Mm. And, and, and God doesn't say, I need you to believe what I say is true. He doesn't say that. He says, I need you to just just give me a chance to show you that it's true and that spend time with me and I'll show you. Because, again, oftentimes it's, it, it's hard to believe God's promises, but we can trust his character. 
And, mm. and one of the things that's so important to God um, that I've learned is this concept of steadfast love or covenantal love that's riddled throughout the Old Testament. Um, and and it, there's a Hebrew word, hesed, and, and God is saying, I need you to trust my hesed. And the Israelites always go wrong when they don't trust God's character. And for me, my life has been mainly comprised of trusting God's law, but not trusting God's character, trusting his word, not trusting his character. And what I recognize is he's wanting it, like, we want to be obedient. That's God's way for us. But the issue is, can I really trust that God cares about me? He sees me. Um, You know, I've been spending time um, in Psalm 145, and and it says that the Lord is near to all all who call on him in truth. Um, and I'm like, Lord, are you really near to me? Do you really see all this stuff? And, and, and as I bring this stuff to the Lord and I say, Lord, I'm going to bring this stuff that's weighing me down to you, he meets me in it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, it's pro- there's progressive revelation in regards to the circumstances of my life. And so I, I, I share that with folks because there's a sense that Christianity at its core, when you see this covenantal love and the promises that are basically fulfilled in Jesus— it's too good to be true because mm, there's sort of a sense that right. God's taking care of my eternal s- a circumstance, but there's sort of a sense of everything else is I just have to wait till heaven. And I just don't believe that's true anymore based on what I've seen. I've seen the Holy Spirit work in my life. I've seen him work in the life of my family. That doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. But what, what's interesting is even with my teenage daughters, we've, we've recognized we're going to trust God with this stuff. And, mm. you know, uh, we're going to trust God with this stuff. And, and, and what's happening is I'm seeing my girls develop a faith that I didn't have. Like my daughter was, um, really, is really academically gifted, got into an elite school. We can't afford to go to that elite school. <laughs> and, um, and I felt terrible as a dad. I felt shame over that. Um, and, you know, she's got a full scholarship to our state university, which is, like, incredible. It's an incredible blessing. And, and, but I know how much she wanted to go to that elite school. And she came in to me and I said, Hey, I want to apologize. Like we, I just don't think we can pull this off. And, and, and she shared with me, she said, dad, I've been really angry and frustrated with you. Um, because I just wanted to try to get this thing closed and I wanted you to be able to make this happen. But what I recognize is I was not surrendered to what the Lord wants for my life. Mm. Um, and, and, and he is speaking through circumstances and I am unwilling to hear it. Um, and, and I recognize I need to surrender this because what I am assuming is God won't be good to me unless I go to this school. Mm. Um, and that's not true. Um, and, and, and God's will, she's like, why would I want to do something other than God's best for my life? And he's created this open road where I don't have to worry about paying for my school and I can get this education. Why would I want to turn my back on that? Because I think this other thing is better. I was like, my breath was taken away. I was like, man, can I record this? Because I need to hear this. Exactly. We all need to hear that. That's right. You know, Eric, I, I love that just honestly confronting the duality of who we are uh, the fact that we are trying to, we, God has given us competencies, and and we, and we're to we're to use those and be good stewards of those. However, there are limits to that, and I can't make, uh, I can't advance the kingdom of God by doing that. 
I'm going to have to trust God to be God, to work oftentimes in spite of my competencies, sometimes in, in uh, tandem with them, but never uh, based on my competency. No, it's like you said, we're going to trust God in the situation and we're going to experience God. We're going to, to walk through this together and God's going to make those things I know in my head become real in my heart as I see his character come alive through my circumstances as he works. I hope that made some sense. <laughs> totally. Well, and I, I think um, um, one of the questions that um, the gentleman that helped me kind of work through this was um, Rich said, God is always asking, am I willing to go? Mm. Um, am I willing to go and I'm, am I willing to allow my heart to be changed? Um, because God, God isn't asking us to be changed because he has the responsibility to do that. Right. But, but we have the responsibility to say, I'm open to being changed. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so often for me, like the two things I have to ask myself is, am I willing to go with the Lord? And am I willing to think now forward? Because I always think like, mm. well, the last two weeks, the last year, the last two years have been crummy, um, and I don't want to keep doing that. And and the question and and the and as when I bring those things before the Lord, the Lord always says like, I know that, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I I know you're not enjoying yourself, but I'm teaching you stuff. And by the way, your life is not the only thing that's important here. There are mm. people who are watching you walk through this. Your that's wife's right. watching you walk through this. Your kids are watching you walk through this. Your executive team is watching you walk through this. And they're all saying, does he really believe this is true? Mm. Um, and, and, and I have investors that I'm accountable to. And, and so we're all walking through this. And so there's all these things that I assume this has to be the answer. And what I recognize is the Lord's got me on a different path than I would assume would be best. And, and the question is, am I okay with that? Am I okay mm-hmm. with the tension of having to trust him and to know that I'm at risk? And one of my favorite quotes was from um, Old Testament theologian, historian Walter Brueggemann, who said, if there is no risk, there is no faith. Um, wow. and, and, and that really, I'm kind of like, wow, if I, if there's no risk here, where is the faith? Um, right. and so, and so that's really challenged me. And what does it mean to live a life by the spirit and to be open where God's guiding? Well, he has guided you. And, uh, before we end, I want you to just tell everyone more of what you're doing right now. Just take a couple of minutes some specific uh, ways that others can find out about you and how, how can we pray for you during this season. Uh, so yeah, just take a couple of minutes here at the end uh, to tell us more of specifics that you're doing now. Yeah, so I, so I, the CEO and co-founder of Menno, M-I-N-N-O, uh, we're a streaming platform for Christian kids. So basically we have a whole bunch of content that's been curated. We have the largest collection of Veggie Tales. Um, we're a monthly membership, so you can sign up for $6.99 um, a month or $69 a year. And, um, and we're also creating original content. And the real heart of what we're trying to do is what can we do to help young families who are struggling with content and what does it mean to disciple the next generation of Christians? Most parents are struggling with what does it mean to understand their faith. And so subversively, our desire is um, to get content to families to help them really understand Jesus and to experience Jesus every day. And so our, our and, and a lot of this is from my church planning experience and growing up with the Navigators from a discipleship standpoint, the the act you know 
the number one activity that families do together is eat meals. The second activity they do the most together is watch media. And so, um, and so what we're trying to do is to create that media that stimulates these conversations. We, as I say internally, we want to be a catalyst for conversations about Jesus. Um, and, and what happens is kids watch Minnow, and they start asking their, kid, their parents about the Bible. They start asking their, kids, their parents about Jesus. Beautiful. And they start looking at the world through a biblical lens. And so that's really mm-hmm. what my passion is, and that's what we're trying to do as a company. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Eric. Absolutely. It's, it's needed. There is such a need for this today. And you, uh, uh, Tracy and I have loved listening to your stories and seeing how God has taken you through this journey. And, and now where he has you, he has you in a place where what you are doing now is helping guide the stories of other people. And I love that. So, yeah, yeah thank, thanks again for being a part of Next Step Leadership. We're all just trying to learn uh, this adventure together as God is guiding us and helping us find ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at chrismaxwell.new or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.